cancer carcinogenesis. So things like the sun can cause our skin cells to turn to cancer. Things like like what? Radiation, smoking, viruses, alcohol. Yeah, there's a bunch of different things that can cause mutations in our cells, ultimately leading to cancer. All right, so um, there you go. Now, oncogenes can be either inherited or they can be created new. If they're created new, will you pass that on to your child? Why not? I see heads shaking no. You don't know? You just, just you're hoping no is the right answer. Okay. Yeah, can you do that? Well, let's imagine for a minute. Let's, let's go out in the sun and let's cultivate some skin cancer. All right. Now, I have successfully cultivated some skin cancer right here. Can I pass those vulnerable cells on to my kid? Why not? Okay, because these are somatic cells or autosomal cells and where the mutation would have to occur would be down there in the gonads. So only sperm cell and ova cell mutations will actually cause you to pass that on to a child. So most of the environmental things, unless they actually affect your gonads, are not going to cause you to pass on a cancer to your child. So lung cancer dies with you. Skin cancer dies with you. Radiation, that you could pass on. Now, the mutation types, there's a point mutation where you have a single mutation. Um, hmm, I think we need to do a little drawing on the board before we can talk about that. All right. So when we say mutations, what are we talking about? Mutations of what? Okay, cell what? What tells a cell to be a cell? The nucleus. And what's in the nucleus? All right, DNA. So DNA has a series of little, what are these called? Nucleotides, right. Now, nucleotides are grouped into groups of three. Every three is called a codon because it codes for one amino acid. All right, so in order for us to make a protein, we have to unravel our DNA. Then we're going to match that up with nucleotides on what kind of molecule? Say it again. RNA. And what kind of RNA? Messenger. All right, so we're going to, we're going to create kind of like the mirror image of this DNA, and we're going to put that on an RNA. Now, this RNA is going to go travel to... A ribosome. And as it travels, as it like pulls, gets pulled through this ribosome, it's going to be matched up to another type of RNA called, called trans, 
translation RNA. And attached to this translation RNA will be an, an amino acid. So, depending on what different bases or nucleotides are in the original DNA, we're going to have different amino acids being put together into a string to form a protein. So if we have a point mutation, we're going to change just one of these into something else. So it's called a point mutation. The other thing we can have is called a deletion. So if you delete this one, everything else shifts. Which one causes, a, which one is a bigger change? A deletion is a much bigger change. You can also have an insertion where you take DNA from somewhere else and you stick it in there. What, what somewhere else might we get that DNA from? Viruses are very popular. What kind of viruses? Re retroviruses. Retroviruses are called retroviruses because they put their DNA into someone else. They, re they reverse the process of transcription. And then we also have chromosomal rearrangement where you take this part over here and you stash it over here instead. That's called chromosomal rearrangement. Those are the four possible uh, mutations that we can get. Now, viruses that commonly insert their DNA into our cells, HPV, human papillomavirus, can cause cancer. HCV, hepatitis C virus, number one cause of liver cancer in our country and Epstein-Bola virus, Epstein-Barr virus, sorry, Epstein-Bola, Epstein-Barr virus, which causes mono. 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 Yes, mono is just a disease that makes you feel really tired and fatigued for like a month to six months, and then you get better, but it can lay dormant in your cells and later cause cancer. Yeah. It's part of the virus, yeah. Also, what other, what other uh, virus is highly associated with cancers in our country? H HIV. All right, now, um, telomeres. Telomeres, um, hmm, I think we need to just to draw again. We must draw again. All right. When we have a uh, cell that wants to divide, what does it have to do? Here's our cell, and it wants to divide. So what does it do? It has to first duplicate its chromosomes. So the chromosomes are going to be duplicated, and then they are going to line up along the center. Okay. So for our purposes, our cell will only have three chromosomes, because I just can't draw 46 in that small space. All right, so they've lined up in the center, and they're attached by a centromere. And on the end of them, what's holding them together is a telomere. Now, as it turns out, our cells only have so much telomere. Every time they divide, they use a little bit of it up, and eventually they will use it all up, and they won't be able to use anymore. How many of you have seen the movie Stardust? 
Michelle Pfeiffer, um, Claire Danes. No. Robert De Niro. All right. Well, in that movie, the witches, every time they used some of their power, what happened? They got older. So every time they used their magic, they would get older. And eventually, they'd get so old that they would die. Same thing here. Every time a cell divides, it uses up a little bit more of its telomere until it has nothing left, and then it can no longer divide. Cancer cells have a special enzyme called telomerase. Telomerase prevents it from using up its telomeres, which allows it to replicate forever. Because we just have many, it doesn't work apparently if you inject it. I don't know. I don't know. Well, hopefully, but right now we don't have a drug that does that. Maybe you can design one. And maybe, and, and Joe, maybe you can design the drug that will, that will keep us from using up our telomere and will never die. That's part of it. Yeah, there's more to it than just that, but that's part of it. All right, factors in cancer development. We have inflammation. Inflammation enhances cancer growth. Next one is family history. There are two possibilities. One is that you inherited the the vulnerability from your parents. The other is you lived in a place where you're exposed to carcinogens. So if you live in Florida, you're more likely to get skin cancer. If your parents live in a building with asbestos, more likely to get asbestos and lung cancer. So it's either environmental or hereditary, sometimes both. Viruses. Your exposure to certain viruses will increase chances of getting cancer. Bacteria. H. pylori, which is a, a, it's a bacteria that lives in the stomach and causes ulcers, can cause um, those. <laughs> it can cause cancers. <laughs> Yeah. And then uh, environmental factors, things like asbestos exposure, sun exposure, chemical exposure, radiation exposure, and the list goes on and on. So let's talk about some environmental things. In our country, probably the number one environmental exposure leading to cancer is tobacco. Ionizing radiation is also a possibility. Um, typically, that's going to be people who... Uh, Actually, work in nuclear plants is not the right answer, contrary to popular belief. It's people who work in radiology departments are the most likely. So if you're planning, if you're planning on having children, I would recommend that you not work in nuclear medicine until after you have the children. Ultraviolet radiation, one of the biggest factors in Florida. Um, ethanol consumption can also cause cancer, liver and uh, stomach in particular. Sexual and reproductive behavior. Acquiring gonorrhea, syphilis, HIV, chlamydia can over time damage parts of your body and increase chances of getting cancer. Pretty much all cervical cancer is caused by HPV. Physical activity can actually enhance cancer. It's usually the lack thereof. 
jobs, a person's job can change their uh, likelihood to get, of getting cancer. Um, people who work in coal mines are more likely to get uh, coal miner's lung, which could lead to cancer. Lifeguards, more likely to get skin cancer. Um, people who work in radiology departments, if they're not careful. Air pollution can cause uh, cancer, primarily lung cancer. EMFs, electromotive forces, living too close to the high voltage wires, um, has been shown to cause cancers in like mice and rats, um, has not been shown to cause cancers in humans. And uh, stress and diet. All right, let's talk about stress for just a moment. How many of you know what Three Mile Island is? All right, so someone who knows, tell us. Or a nuclear power plant. So it was a nuclear power plant, interestingly enough, on Three Mile Island, that in the 70s had a meltdown. There was a very, very, very small nuclear leak, and there was some radioactive material that escaped into the air. Now, there is a huge scare over whether people were going to get cancer from this small amount of nuclear radiation. Guess what happened? There was an increase in cancer. But it had no relationship to where the radiation actually escaped to. So what the researchers concluded was it was the stress of worrying about the increased radiation is what actually caused the cancer. Yes. No, Love Canal is different. So, and then diet uh, foods can cause cancer. Um, peanuts. There's a fungus that grows on peanuts that produce something called an eflatoxin, which is three thousand times more carcinogenic than asbestos. So, the, the moral of the story is when you eat your peanut butter, don't inhale. <laughs> no, but foods can, foods contain funguses and bacteria that can cause, that can cause cancer. All right. Um, all right, metastasis. The word metastasis refers to when a cancer spreads to a distant organ and sets up a colony or a secondary tumor. There are four sites that are the most common areas to metastasize to. You must memorize, live them, and love them. So BBLL, bones, brain, liver, lungs. Those are the organs that are most likely to become metastasized to. Sometimes we won't find the, first, the, can, the original cancer. What we'll find is we'll find a metastasis. So we'll find liver cancer, and then we'll realize, hey, this isn't the primary cancer. The primary is somewhere else in the body, and then we have to go hunt for the primary cancer. There's a staging system to describe cancer growth. There's actually several different staging systems, but this is one of them. You need to understand this one right here because this is the one that will be on your test. So a stage one is what they call in situ, which means it's only in that one organ. Stage two, it's invaded locally. It's invaded neighboring tissue, but it hasn't spread. Stage three is it's in the lymph nodes. And then stage four is you have a full-blown metastasis somewhere else. No, well, the way, the way, one of the ways that cancer can spread to other parts of the body is through the lymph. So sometimes before there's a cancer somewhere else, it's been spreading. And if you take a lymph node, you'll see it's in the lymph node. 
but it hasn't actually set up a tumor that we can detect anyway somewhere else yet. That's stage three. Stage one is it's only in the organs, in situ. You need to know this staging system. There's other staging systems around, but this is the one that you need to know. All right, neoplasm host interactions. Um, the host is the person who has the cancer. They are hosting the cancer cells. It's very generous of them. So one issue is cosmetic. If it causes a tumor that you can see, you will look different. If it's a skin cancer, you have a big, ugly, nasty lesion, and then you have a big, ugly, nasty scar. Um, can cause tissue compression or destruction. This can lead to two things. One is ischemia. If it destroys red blood cells or, or sorry, destroys uh, blood vessels or sometimes it will steal them. That can cause ischemia to nearby tissue. The other is impaired or altered function. If you've got cancer growing in an organ, that organ might not function properly. Increased metabolic demand. You're eating for two now just like a pregnant mother. You're eating for yourself and you're also eating for the cancer. Now, that can lead to something called cachexia. What's cachexia? So it's a wasting syndrome where the person is not having enough um, intake to meet their body's demands. They become emaciated looking. They can get cachexia. So, no, so they've got increased demand for, for nutrition. But if they can't eat enough to meet that demand, they'll become cachectic as the tumor steals more and more of their own nutrients. Blood supply. As the blood supply grows in the tumor, it's going to cause the heart to have to pump harder, which can ultimately lead to heart failure. Um, growth factors. Sometimes cancers will secrete growth factors, which can cause the body to do some really strange things. And then finally, the immune response. Your immune system will try to attack the cancer and may actually cause a type 3 hypersensitivity reaction. All right, clinical manifestations. Now, in the very late stages, in the very late stages, cancer is highly associated with pain and pain that just never goes away. Now, the pain is partially related to fear, anxiety, sleep, fatigue, and culture. And it is also most likely caused by cytokine action on the central and peripheral nervous system. So the inflammatory response to the body is what's causing the pain. So how can we treat that besides pain medications? Anti-inflammatories. And what's the big anti-inflammatory we think of? What class? Steroids. So we can treat cancers with steroids and that will help to reduce the cancer pain. But towards the end of a, of a person's life with cancer, typically they're going to be on mega doses of uh, opioids. They'll be on a dose that if you took it right now, it would kill you because you would just stop breathing, fall asleep, and die. But because they built up so much tolerance, because they have so much pain, they can handle those very large doses. 